I'm David Montague, and this is the second episode, so welcome back. First off, I wanted to say thank you to everybody that has supported me last week with the release of my first episode. I did not expect any of the support that I was going to get from friends, family, my teachers from high school, and people just that I I didn't know. I've taken every review and criticism and I've improved things and I hope to improve, keep on improving things in the future. So I just want to say thank you to everybody that has listened. I am just so, so grateful. Um, so first things first, I'm going to say this week is going to be different than last week. We all know about the tragedy that happened in Las Vegas. And I don't want to talk about, you know, the shooter or anything like that. All I just want to say is that gun control is an issue and it needs to be fixed. We need to have stricter laws. But that's all I'm going to say. This isn't a political podcast. I want to send out my thoughts and prayers to all the victims and the victims' families because just something like that shouldn't happen. You shouldn't have to go to a concert fearing for your life. But anyway, I want to say that because of all of the news and all the shooting coverage, there wasn't a lot of news in pop culture this week. And because of that, there really I really don't have anything to talk about. So I wanted to bring a special guest on who is somebody that I really, really enjoy and appreciate. But I'll give talk to you guys more about that in a second. I first wanted to give a little shout out to Lin-Manuel Miranda, the creator of Hamilton on Broadway, the show that you still cannot get tickets to. Uh, he released a charity single called Almost Like Prang to benefit Puerto Rico and it's amazing and includes Jennifer Lopez, Gloria Estefan, Fat Joe, and many, many more Latin artists. And it's a very quick, like two and a half minute song, but it's very impactful and it makes me feel like I want to help out. It makes me feel like I'm a, you know, a citizen of Puerto Rico. I just, I just, it just makes me feel so good inside. And I, shouting it out, I told my family and friends that they should download it. And I want to tell you guys too, it's only $1.29 on iTunes, the Amazon. So whatever, you should help out. Uh, he raised $3 million before the song's release. So I definitely think you guys should download it. You know, of all the bad news this week, this was one of the things that was good. You know, we see celebrities helping out all the time. And I think this is one of the better benefit singles that we've had in a long, long time. So definitely go download it. It's called Almost Like Praying. It's on iTunes, YouTube, wherever you get music, you will find it. So please, please go and download it. All right. To my special guest, his name is David Estevez. He's from Brooklyn, New York. He's smart. He's funny. He knows what he's talking about. And I am so glad that he is the first person on my podcast. We talked for about two hours. We only recorded about an hour and a half of it. So I'm going to be breaking it up into two parts. The first part you'll hear now. The second part a little bit later on in the semester. So... I hope you guys enjoy it. We talked about how hip hop artists are doing more than our community than some political leaders. We talked about Grammy nominations. We talked about Logic. We talked about Chance the Rapper. We talked about all of that and more. So this is my first special guest. 
I think you guys are going to enjoy the interview and I'm going to talk to you later. So enjoy the interview and I'll see you soon. Bye. Welcome back to Damn It. This is David Montague and I am here with my very first special guest ever. Um, and I'm really excited. Go ahead and introduce yourself, please. Hello, my name is David Estes. I am the first highly esteemed guest of this show. He kept saying that. I didn't want to say that. <laughs> he put those adjectives in him for himself. David knows I'm very highly esteemed. Okay. <laughs> um, where are you from? I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, born and raised, spent my whole life uh, transplanted to New Haven for the last five years. <laughs> but Why are you at New Haven? What are you doing here? Right now, I'm getting my master's in marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, Came here from my undergrad, finished that, decided to come back. Good opportunity. Stay in Res Life. And so are you, uh, how are you a part of Res Life? What do you do? Currently, I'm a di- resident director um, for Bethel Hall, one of the halls on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, this will be my fourth year with the office. So it's good. It's it's familiar. It's the same, same old thing, different day. How do you like being a resident director? It, it's fun. It's there's nothing better, in my opinion, than being able to interact with students and kind of really make an impact. For right. me, the reason I stayed is because every year I always had that one student that came to me. He's like, you changed my life. Mm-hmm. I see things differently. And I don't think there's anything better as a human being that you can do than knowing that you impacted someone else's life that much. Absolutely. So that's why I came back. Good. Um, David has been one of my favorite leaders in res life not just Thank you. the university of new haven community i probably should have said that backwards but that's fine um, <laughs> but we're here to talk about because there's been a lot of things going on and this is not a political podcast mm-hmm. but um i think our president well not my president but like, like i said not a political podcast mm-hmm. uh the president in general has done not that much surrounding natural disasters and what's been going on in um what was the where's the first hurricane the, for texas mm-hmm. yes tar- the harvey houston. yeah in houston mm-hmm. and how that was kind of slow on slow on that but most importantly puerto rico yeah and the last two weeks revolve um evolving that like just not a lot of needs have been sent over there and we could be doing such a better job than mm-hmm. beforehand uh president trump was there on tuesday this week mm-hmm. and i don't know if you saw the video of, of him, him shooting towels paper, towel. paper towels at uh, people yeah, yeah. I he had a good flick up. of the wrist though yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was cracking up it just looked so, so comical like mm-hmm. but this isn't a political podcast um but i've last weekend uh, Jay Z and his company Title that he co-owns with a whole bunch of other people um, said, "I have the article here." Sent two hundred thousand pounds of supplies to Puerto Rico, including batteries, flashlights, diapers, cases of water, which they really need, and feminine hygiene products. All like much, much more. Mm-hmm. Uh, they filled a plane. They filled like a huge plane, and I just thought that was really cool. And they weren't offering anything of it. So they have a, a benefit concert later in the month. You know, they didn't say that you were going to get tickets to that. They didn't say you were going to meet Fat Joe or yeah. anybody else. They just said, hey, like, we need this. And people that couldn't help could also buy things on Amazon. They should set it up kind of like a wish list type of thing where mm-hmm. you buy it and you could send it to other people. Um, and I just thought that was very interesting. And I just wanted to know, like, what your thoughts about that were and... Um, 
just how, how does it make you feel that people in the entertainment industry are doing more than the president? Yeah, I think it's very interesting because people always see see rappers and other entertainers in a light where it's like this is a grander than life human being. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have time to kind of be or focus on the quote unquote little people, people who are not famous, people who aren't of the highest esteem in society. Right. But people forget like Jay Z is a regular old like he came up as a regular old drug dealer mm-hmm. from Brooklyn. Like mm-hmm. he. He's been there. He's done that. He was a regular human being at some point in time who then got famous. And same thing with most of these people. Yeah. Like most of these people did not start off coming from birth being famous mm-hmm. or coming with millions of dollars in right. their pocket. Like they earned that. They came from wherever they were at. And a lot of them do go back to their roots. A lot of them do give back to their roots. Whether they publicize it or not, that's their choice. A lot of them choose not to, which is fine. Right. Um, it's it's better for them to for them in that situation to not be in the limelight for that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But they're doing it. And I, I think it goes by the wayside. I think our media also does a really bad job of covering that. Our media loves to focus on the negative things in society, the negative yeah. things that go on in everyone's lives. Like they'd rather cover Hurricane and talk about all the bad things that are going on than talk about anything that's go- that's happening in terms mm-hmm. of like human nature and how everyone's coming together to help the situation. No, they're going to focus on the disasters, the how stuff. no one's doing nothing, mm-hmm. all of that. And forget about all the efforts that are actually happening. Right. And this, like the same thing that happened with Har- with with Harvey in in Houston. People mm-hmm. were focusing on like, oh my God, there's so much flooding, all this and that, all this and that. But nobody was talking about how people were getting together and communities were unifying to mm-hmm. help people out in Houston. Absolutely. That gets rarely covered. That's not stuff you see on the news. The same thing with this Jay Z. Like that's not something I even knew about on the mm-hmm. news. This is something that I had to dig and, and you had to dig to find like to information find on this stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's something that should be out there. Like we should know like, hey, Jay-Z is supporting. Jay-Z is out there supporting you. And Jay-Z mm-hmm. is a, a, a billionaire at this point. Who didn't need to do this. Yeah, no, Not like, at all. No, but mm-hmm. out of the kindness of his heart because he's he knows he's a human. He knows that if he was in the situation, he probably would have felt a certain way. and He mm-hmm. would want help. Same thing with Daddy Yankee. Daddy Yankee's been getting coverage because he's doing the same yeah, thing. Yeah, I saw that too. Mm-hmm. And that that's like, all right, cool. He's getting the coverage. He's doing his thing. But they were only covering him because he's from Puerto Rico. And he's directly impacted by the situation. But forget everyone else that's involved. Right. There have been so many people sending money over. So many people trying to do all these efforts to kind of help out everyone in need that always go by the wayside. I think that's a very good point because I've noticed that when big celebrities do it it's not really any of the minority celebrities nope. i can't tell you how many times i've seen like it's taylor swift i'm a huge taylor swift fan mm-hmm. um but when she had that whole court trial you know, with the sexual assault case mm-hmm. and um, even what happened this weekend in las vegas how you know, she sent them flowers and mm-hmm. she sent the police officer flowers and when the, in the sexual assault case like the people that were across the street writing her love letters or whatever, she sent them flowers. And when somebody hurt their arm, there were somebody on Dancing with the Stars hurt their ankle or something like that. You know, she sent her flowers because they were dancing to her song. So it was not a lot of people that do good things. Maybe I don't know if it's just minority celebrities, too, but I think all the not the wrong people, but definitely more people that aren't more people that are celebrities that aren't just white like deserve this attention 100 percent, and and it's and i don't think it's any it's any fault of the the minority celebrities that like it's not their fault no uh-uh. like i don't think any of them go out there and do it looking for the attention and i don't think any of them go out there when they do it and if they are looking for the attention like they don't get that coverage it's mm-hmm. not it's not because of them it's because the media is portraying it differently right it's never like like chance chances i know we're going to cover him later mm-hmm. but chance is a great example like he's 
doing everything he possibly can to help out Chicago, which is a city that's quite frankly dying. Mm-hmm. And he's doing his best to make sure the public school system is put together, make sure gentrification isn't destroying black neighborhoods, isn't destroying the lives of black people in Chicago. And like the arts programs, like making sure they're still up mm-hmm. and running in high schools and stuff because they're always the first ones to get cut. Yeah, and he's trying his best to be there and no one's listening to him. He's only getting media coverage when he's stirring the pot. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't have to get to that point. He should get media coverage from the beginning. He shouldn't have to stir no pots. When they're doing like great things exactly. and stuff. Like it, it, it's frustrating. Because then it, once he starts stirring the pot, that gives the media the, the green light to like, all right, we could paint him in a negative light in this situation because he's obviously trying. Granted, Chance is a hard person to paint in a negative light because he's yeah. always doing the right thing, mm-hmm. at least in the public eye. But it's 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 opening that avenue. like. I feel like minority celebrities always have to be backed into a corner where if they want to affect change, they have to do something radical. That mm-hmm. shouldn't be the case. No, you're right. And it's even just like the little people, how, um, you know, when Cardi B, how she's grown up to mm-hmm. be, uh, she started as like a, uh, not prostitute, oh my God, stripper. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Um, and stripper and dancer. And she worked her way up. She, I was listening to her interview with The Breakfast Club this morning, mm-hmm. and she stripped for five years. Mm-hmm. Five years before she got onto love and hip hop, and mm-hmm. before she even became like started rapping professionally, but it took her five years, and she because she's had the number one song two weeks in a row. Yep. She's donated black back to her strip club, and she talked about how, you know, she didn't want to go to co- like she could have gone to college, but she wanted to. She knew that she wasn't going to end up with anything. You know, mm-hmm. most people graduate with a degree and stuff, and nowhere to be found yep. and she wanted she knew that she wanted to impact her community and especially her family too because she's been through some hard shit mm-hmm. like she wanted to just help them out yeah and that's why she chose to, the life that she did and like the job and you know she's one of the most influential and top business people now even and while she's still giving back to the community and that's hardly like talked about and even her they they, they don't talk about all that stuff that she's doing giving back mm-hmm. But the other day when she said something a little bit sloppy about Kim Jong-il, everyone's out there calling uh, her yeah. racist. Mm-hmm. When you got to look at it, you got to look at the scene. Like, I'm born and bred from Brooklyn. Like, I know how we talk back there. Like, my, my vernacular here at University of New Haven, 180 from the way I'm oh, going to talk back home. Absolutely. Yeah, we don't have a censor button. We mm-hmm. don't care what comes out of our mouth. And no one takes anything that comes out of our mouth seriously. Like, we say what would be very offensive stuff. Mm-hmm. People usually don't take it offensive. That that's how that's who she is. Like she's never changed. She's never she's been authentic, to, true to herself her from whole day life. One, yeah. From day one, she came into the limelight. She was like, "I'm not gonna be all cleaned up just so you guys can interview me. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be me." And she she shows that in her interviews. You cannot hold her to her saying one thing that everyone took way out of context, calling her racist. All this and that. Granted, yeah, she should have checked her she checked the way she, she was saying. She definitely needs like a media person. Yeah, one hundred percent. But like, you can't. You can't throw that on her. You can't automatically be like, she's racist, this and that, because that's not where she was coming from. Right. And I think anyone who understands, who's been around who's been around people like that, who's been around that neighborhood, who's been around any type of situation where everyone is kind of talking a certain way, they would understand that. They would get they would get it like, no, she didn't mean it this way. It was taken out of context. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, the, more, the bigger she blows up, she definitely needs some media training. Definitely needs to get, like, knowledge on what she can and cannot say because now she's in the public eye people are going to perceive things time, differently yeah. but it, i think it's ridiculous that people are focusing on that and not saying like oh she's doing all this like she's coming up she's finally getting money she's finally being successful and she's giving back no we're going to focus on the fact that she said one little thing and that's it just something that was that's how she talks back home yep. like yep i i noticed that i'm very proud of her though i think she's 
come such a long way. Definitely. And she's making her city proud, her fans proud. You know, young girls, younger girls have a person to look up to because Nicki Minaj and Remy Ma had that whole thing during the summer. Mm-hmm. And not saying that they're not still good role models, but Cardi literally came from... Like she picked herself up from her bootstraps. Mm-hmm. She made, she's a self-made woman. Mm-hmm. Like she didn't ask for no charity case. She didn't ask for no reach out. She did all of this on her own. By herself. Mm-hmm. Proud. Um, I, but I really like this whole thing that J- Jay-Z and they did... Everybody donated. Fat Joe did an uh, interview with CNN, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty cool because he doesn't really talk to the public like that unless it's like the source or Vibe Complex, mm-hmm. like one of those urban magazines. Uh, but he, they, they did. They set the plane, and you can still donate online. There's stuff. There are much ways to, a lot of ways that you can do it. Um, and then next, I wanted to talk about how. Chance the ra- rapper, <laughs> rapper, Chance the rapper, uh, plan to donate at least two point two million this summer. That's going to be sent out to twenty schools in Chicago for arts and education programs. Um, each of the twenty schools are going to receive a hundred grand over the next three years, uh, but it has to be put to funds that connect with the students with art programs and stuff. Mm-hmm. What I think is amazing. Yeah. Uh, but I've seen more and more that Chance has become less than a rapper but and more of a social activist 100 be you know he had his coloring book Mm -hmm. which came out like two years ago right no Uh, a year and a half ago a year and a half ago a year and a half ago and that was like his last his last album Mm -hmm. oh technically his first yeah yeah Mm -hmm. because he still isn't signed to a label very still independent uh he donated money to soundcloud he didn't say how much but just to keep it up and running because yeah. in google bought soundcloud and they're gonna close it because it just wasn't making it uh, yeah. i love money but he saved soundcloud i don't know how much that cost because he wasn't really public with that um but i'm very very proud of what he's doing for the arts program i was very really big to arts in like middle and not so much in high school because things just kept getting cut and cut yeah. and there wasn't really an option um what do you think the future is going to be for him? Would you rather him continue to rap or would you rather him, you know, like run for office one day or do more things in his community and focus less on music? I mean, in in my opinion, I'm not one to ever tell anyone how to live their lives, but I think he is in a space where he realized like most rap, most most famous people don't realize how much influence they have until a little bit later in their lives. The dude's like 23, 24 years old. Yeah, he's very young. He, he just realized like he caught on real quick. Like, wow, when I say things, people listen. Mm-hmm. When I do things, people watch. And I think he caught on to that really quickly. And it's good that he's he's the kind human being that he is. Because I don't know if you ever listened to his earlier stuff. A lot of his earlier stuff from like, he's been around since like 2011. Yeah. Like people think Chance is a new person. He's no. been around for a while. Um, and his fans are like, have been here with him oh, too. Oh, yeah. His, mm-hmm. his, his, like people in Chicago have been vibing with Chance for, for years. For a while. Now. Yeah. And... People forget that. I used to go out to Chicago every summer. I used to, when I would go out, I would hear Chance everywhere. I'd be like, who is this? Mm-hmm. And now he's like everywhere yeah, in this country. Yeah. You can't go anywhere without somebody being like, hey, Chance Ramper is this, Chance Ramper is that. But he's always, he, his younger days, like he was a misfit. He was, Very, yeah. yeah, he mm-hmm. was a young drug user and abuser mm-hmm. and did all the crazy drug things that a normal, no or, not normal, but, but a, a teenager, yeah. a, a reckless teenager would do. Very, like, coming of age. Yeah, and, and mm-hmm. I think once he started to get fame, he started to realize the evils of all the stuff he was doing, found God, and kind of turned into turned a new light, turned a new chapter in his life, where now he has a lot of, his music is religiously based, or at least 
influenced. Yeah, very. Um, I've noticed that too. Yeah, and I think it's it's good because now he's using that he's using that message to kind of preach positivity, and not only within his music, but in his in his social work and mm-hmm. his lifestyle. I think going forward, I would love to hear more music. I'm a big music enthusiast. If he makes more music, mm-hmm. power to him. I know that his music is gonna have a meaning. I know he has a bunch of projects. Most artists do, um, but on the same end, his impact. And social work is definitely a big thing. Absolutely. I don't think he should do one at the at the expense of the other, but he should definitely continue doing the social the social work that he's doing, mm-hmm. um, even if that means cutting down on the music. Because at the end of the day, that's changing lives. And yeah. like I said earlier, like there's nothing, in my opinion, there's nothing greater as a human being that you can do than change another human being's life. Because we're all put on this earth. If we were meant to be alone and only be in our own bubble and do things for ourselves, there would be no reason for everyone else to be here. You're right. Um, so it's kind of stupid if someone, when people live for themselves and only care about themselves and show greed, because at the end of the day, you can't take that with you when you're gone. You're not living for forever. You're right. So you live 80 years, you only hoarded things. Now what are you going to do when you're dead? Nothing. Mm-hmm. I think we were all put on this earth to make an impact on everyone else on this earth. And some I, way or some way or the other. Or the other. Mm-hmm. Whether it's that as little as saying hi to someone that you don't know and making their day, you made an impact on that person. And that's how, that's how we are as humans. When we interact, it changes us chemically, mentally, emotionally. It it does something to us interact like interacting with each other. Right. And I think Chance has realized that, and honestly, he's using that to his his ability. He's using his follower base. I don't know if you heard about the stuff he did during the the election when he had a free concert. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. just led people over to mm-hmm. to he led people over to the polls, had them vote, and then did a free then concert. A concert. For them. Which is like who who does who that? Who else would have done that? Mm-hmm. Exactly, and it, it like he's he understands that he's uh, he's here on this earth to do something for everyone else. He gives out his music for free because he knows like what's the point? This is my creativity. I want to share with the it's world. It's gonna be spread no matter what yeah. anyway. Yeah, he he never he's never been the person who's gonna be like I'm gonna hoard all this money. I'm gonna do it. And he's giving it back. Mm-hmm. Whatever he makes in more often than not, it's be like all right now I could put it into this charity. I could give it to SoundCloud so they could exist. I could give it to this art program. Whatever he gets it mm-hmm. at, at least in my opinion. No, I definitely think you're right. I've noticed that too. Like he's very he's one of the few artists that. He, like you said, oh, okay, I'm just going to put it on SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. And his earlier mixtapes and stuff are on SoundCloud. And yeah. he said that they're not putting... He's All not of putting his music is out, free. Uh, he's, right. He's never yeah. charged anyone for any of his mm-hmm. music at any point in time, which I think is ridiculous. Very important. Yeah. Very important, because not a lot of artists do that. No. Hardly anybody does No one that. does that. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a single other artist who's ever been like, I'm going to put every single project that I've ever made, I'm going to put my blood, sweat, and tears into my craft just so that everyone could hear it for free. I'm not going to ask for anything mm-hmm. in return. I'm just doing it out of the kindness of my heart as a human being, I want to share this with the world. The world deserves to hear it. And if anyone wants to hear it, they have full right. There's no restrictions. Nothing is barring them from yep. listening to my music. Maybe like a 30-second commercial because, you know, they, yeah. yeah. But, but that's <laughs> fine. Day. I mean, you, yeah. at the end of the day, you got to mm-hmm. eat. So mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think he, well, I'm, I'm, he won a lot of Grammys last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he is eligible for any this year. But I will say, I was really looking forward to, I'm really looking forward to this year's Grammys because Kendrick made like a huge statement with Damn mm-hmm. and that's still, I checked the Billboard charts this morning, even though it came out in March or April or something, it's still in the top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Jay-Z's 444 and you know, The Weeknd had his album, Bruno Mars had his album, I think, do you think it's going to be like a good year for yeah. minorities, at, especially at the Grammys? I think so too. And I think another album that you didn't touch upon is uh, Logic. I don't know if you know who Logic yes. is. Yes. But Logic's now, see, album. Really quick about Logic, I think it, I'm kind of tired of the whole like white people being the savior in everything. But he's, he's, 
mulatto. Did you know that? No, I didn't. He's half black. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. This and the funny part hmm. is this this album was the first album that he was using the N word explicitly in it. Really? He always avoided using it specifically because of that. People saw him and were like, oh, it's just another white rapper. Another one. Yeah, and this this is the first album where he's really touched upon like, I am half black and this huh. is who I am. And the whole there are songs where he's talking about like, I got both sides of it. I grew up, people were calling me a crack. All my black friends called me a cracker because because of the way I looked. But then I go home to my white family and they call me a nigga just because they know I'm half black. Wow. So he, he touches on all of that. And honestly, if you haven't listened to the album, I, I highly recommend you listen to his album. I think I was really turned off by him because after the whole Macklemore movement and mm-hmm. like how it takes a white person to do something great, how like I don't know if you remember at the Grammys when Macklemore was performing Same Love and a whole bunch of gay couples got married, mm-hmm. which is great, like yeah. fantastic, great, awesome. But it, why does it have to be you? You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, and then right. he did this with this uh, at the VMAs performance. And I only watched a little bit of it because I was I heard all the headlines and everybody on Facebook and Twitter was like, oh, this is the best thing. It's yeah. so impactful. And I'm like, why does it have to be him? You know, like when Kendrick Marr does something and it's about how he ha- he wasn't able to get signed and how the mm-hmm. radios won't play his music. And when he performs a very um like afrocentric performance at the grammys it gets frowned upon mm-hmm. and tommy loren is the first one talking about him and everyone is very like ogc oh, kendrick and yeah. he's racist and all mm-hmm. this other stuff but then it, and he's having a very controversial and po- political performance when logic is doing the same thing talking about suicide and you know he's oh please don't kill yourself and he's like the white idol that just kind of yeah I just it just hit me and I'm like, why does all right? Like I think it was very gimmicky. Like I very I saw the point, like suicide is huge. Yeah. I definitely understand that. But I, I saw it and I just rolled my eyes and I was like, I can't. Which is fair. Yeah. And I think I think that's another point to what we were talking about before we started the whole mm-hmm. podcast about how the perception of everything. Like yeah. when when you don't know what's going on, when you when you're only exposed to one thing, like your exposure to white rappers is mm-hmm. they have to be the savior. They come in and even though they're doing the same shit that everyone else is doing, uh, they're the ones all that are the put everywhere. Yeah. yeah, except for like Mac Miller. I think Mac Miller and Lil Dicky are the like the only two yeah. people that have been like. But like Lil Dicky's more gimmicky. He just he's kind of a jokester. And yeah, then, that's true. And then Mac Miller is kind of in this his own like Philly vibe type of thing where he really is a very niche rapper. Mm-hmm. Like he's mainstream, but ver- still very niche. Yeah, he only has like his little like yeah. Zoomies crowd, yeah. like skater. Yeah. He's, you, you can't really play. Which play is the really niche well. that Logic came up under. Yes. Because because uh-huh. everyone just assumed like, oh, this dude's a white. Honestly, when I first heard his music, I thought he was black from his voice. Then when mm-hmm. I saw when I saw, I was like, oh my God, he's white. And then I dig into it and he's mixed. So he has both. He has both. Yeah. Literally both. Um, so it's, it's very interesting because it you're right i kind of mm-hmm. felt the same way when he was co- when i heard logic i'm always trying to get into the underground scene of hip-hop so right, when i yeah. heard him like coming up when his first album first few mixtapes i was like man same same kind of reaction i've never really been a fan of white rappers one because i can't really relate um to a lot of their music mm-hmm. and two because of the same thing like they just come in and they take they take away from the other artists who are actually doing this that and working hard saying like genuine things yeah and, and not to not to say that they're not saying genuine oh, no, things, absolutely, but, but it's, it's it's weird how they can they can be on the same level as someone else, but then get ten times the exposure just because of their skin color, which is absurd. Even though they're doing the same, working as hard as someone as like working as hard as a black artist, doing the same theme, same music as a black artist, but just because of their skin color, they're going to be everywhere. They're going to be at the Grammys. They're going to win. Like when Michael Moore won Ooh. won all those Grammys, he when, texted Kendrick. He was yeah. like, "You should have won." 
Like, bro, when you... it's just like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just, but like, like, you got it. I mean, that was, I, he was just like, here, like, I was just to show you. Yeah. You know, I to- that just killed me. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing happens with like in pop music too. Mm-hmm. How I can't think of, you know, Khalid, 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 mm-hmm. Khalid. Yeah. Khalid. Ka- mm-hmm. One of one of those. Things. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, the guy that sings location was like, he's trying to get his name out there because there aren't a lot of black pop artists, mm-hmm. especially young too, mm-hmm. and how that that really isn't a th- genre anymore because it's just you know white people take over pop music. Oh yeah. And that's just yeah. that's just it. And like that, people forget R and B is black music, rock black music. Like mm-hmm. this is all things that now now when you think of rock, you don't think of any black artists. But honestly, maybe like Lenny Kravitz, but that's it. it and he doesn't make music. When was the last Not time Lenny Kravitz came out with anything? Mm-hmm. And then before that, like it's people forget that rock originated mm-hmm. from black artists. Mm-hmm. R and B originated from black artists. And now, do soul, you not consider R and B like you know? It like still black? is, mm-hmm. but like you can tell that there are some some singers who are now trying to cross some white singers or non black singers who are trying to cross over into that space and try to test the waters. Mm-hmm. Which is the same thing that happened with rock, and now how much show, show me some black artists in yeah, rock. In rock, and now they try to they're starting to do the same thing with hip hop. Hopefully, they never really take it over. But like it's it's I really it's don't happening. think they can't. Like I, I they can't. I because because now when you look at it, hip hop is the most influential type genre of music in the world. Right Absolutely, now. It, it's yeah. way more. It surpassed mm-hmm. rock, surpassed everything else. Like if, if a hip hop album comes out, people are listening to it. All right, like it's getting the, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the genre to be in right now, and. Best believe that there are going to be a couple of white people that are going to try to sneak in because that, that's, at the end of the day, like, you're going to follow the money. Mm-hmm. You're going to see the success. And I've heard a bunch of trash white rappers. I've heard a bunch of trash black rappers, too. But, like, yes, you got to – even though the fact that I've heard more trash white rappers means they're getting more exposure than the trash black rappers. Yeah. So if it's, it's interesting how they, everyone's trying to get in. Mm-hmm. But back to the logic thing. You should definitely listen to this album. And okay, I'm gonna give it do like that. a good listen because he mm-hmm. talks about all of this. He his whole album is called Everybody. Yes, um, and the reason he titled it, at least from his interviews, what I gathered is that he really it's it's a song, it's an album for everybody. He's he has a chorus in one of the songs where he he literally just says this song is to preach positivity regardless of race, religion, creed, sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. That's literally what he says over and over again in the song, because that's what he's pitching the mm-hmm. entire album because he gets it. He has one song where he's the whole song is just sharing his experiences about his his mother was racist, his mom was white, and his dad was black. Mm-hmm. They got divorced, and or they separated, whatever it was. And he had to go to school. Everyone, all his black in Maryland, all his black friends calling him oh, black. From Maryland, yeah. Huh. All his black friends calling him a cracker. Yeah. All of his black family members calling him a cracker. Comes home to his mom calling him a nigga, a, a little piece of shit, because that's some crazy shit. Yeah. <laughs> like. No matter who who you are, to to have that dichotomy where once like no matter where you you go you can't win mm-hmm. like you're gonna be viewed as the fucked up I person have this all the time yeah mm-hmm. and it it's like he he experienced that and that's some crazy shit and he talks about it like he he touches on how we need to stop focusing on how someone looks forget all that let's go deeper than that let's talk to the person the person that they are because yeah. the end of the day we're all the same absolutely we just look a little bit different mm-hmm. we're all made up of the same shit. And he he really gets into that, which is why I think I hope he wins a couple Grammys just to give him a little bit more exposure, a little more nomination. I think that the Suicide Song is gonna get oh yeah for like Record of the yeah. Year. Yeah, and that that song almost honestly the first time I heard it, I almost cried. I was in the train 
and it just really? touched me. Yeah, and I'm not an emotional human being whatsoever, and you know this. And yes, it like that song. I'm sitting on the train, and that when I'm sitting on the train, that's one of the few times where you actually listen to music. Yeah, like mm-hmm. you hear word for word because yeah. you're not distracted by anything. Anything. Else. So I'm hearing word for word, and I'm like, Jesus, this man is really going into it because the whole, the whole, the first verse. It's from the perspective of someone who wants to kill uh-huh. himself. He's talking about like, I want to die. Yeah. Then the second verse is someone on a hotline because the title of the song is an actual suicide yeah, yeah, hotline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow, this just said like you said the second part. I, I'm like repeating it in my mm-hmm. head now, and I'm like, oh wow. The second verse is someone on the hotline talking to someone. I'm talking to saying him. like, no, you're fine, you're perfect as the way you are. You don't need to kill yourself. We need you in this life. And then the last two verses, which have Alicia Cara and Khaled. Cara, yeah, you just whispered for me. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and and Khaled is in yeah. as well. Them two, they're now getting to that clairvoyant point where they realize, like, I do deserve to live. Mm-hmm. I don't want to die anymore. And they come in singing that. So it's it's a progression of, like, mm-hmm. the mentality of what it's like to be, to be depressed and be suicidal. Because he also has been there. Mm-hmm. And the song before that is talking about his anxiety because he has anxiety. He talks about mental disabilities and how people are treated when they have mental disabilities. And he talks about having had an anxiety attack, having been taken to the hospital, having been diagnosed and not knowing how to. He literally touches on all these things and people just put it. A lot of people are putting it over the buy side because, oh, it's another white rapper. I don't want to listen to it. And then a lot of it's super interesting because I don't (laughs) know why he's still underground. Sort of like I guess he's mainstream now. But like, not mm. enough people listen to him that they should. He was on tour G Easy last year. Yeah, and which I know I don't like G, which is he's eh. another one. And, uh, yeah, I'm just yeah. I don't feel any type of thing yeah. for him. Um, I just I the first time I heard the song, I was driving and I was like, this is logic, like it wasn't unfamiliar to me because yeah. my friends liked him, um, his album beforehand, um, and it just which is did, also another masterpiece. I the, think all three of his studio albums are really amazing. Mean. Yeah. They like they knew him, and then I heard the the um the lyrics, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, are you, why is this why yeah. is this an actual like thing? And yeah, you know? it, can, it can definitely it's, come off as cliche, but then yeah, once you yeah, yeah. once you see like what's behind it, you're just like, wow. Because mm-hmm. if you listen to it, he's coming from the heart. He's not a singer. You no, can tell yeah, he's coming uh-huh. from the heart. Like mm-hmm. this is something he's emotionally invested in, mm-hmm. and he's doing it for real, for real. Not not like I'm not. He's not doing this as a media play. Because I don't know if you have ever seen him. He's not one of those fancy guys who no. comes like geez, mm, be dressing up like yeah. chains and all this Everything. fancy stuff. Not, Logic will like show up in a hoodie, hoodie yep. jeans, and some dunks. That's, and that's it. it. That's all he needs. Mm-hmm. So he's already a low, low key, low budget kind of like J Cole. He kind of has that J Cole esque mm-hmm. vibe where it's like I don't care about what society wants me to be. I'm gonna do what I want to do. Right. And he also he talks. He actually has the last song on, on the album. We're gonna ruin this for anyone who hasn't listened to it. Has a secret verse from J Cole. Oh really? That J Cole wrote specifically for Logic, and Logic just threw it on. Didn't give Cole credit, and told Cole he was like, "I don't want to put you on the album as a name, because he didn't want people to only listen to his album because J Cole was on it." So he he's amazing. I, I definitely recommend that you go out there, and anyone who hasn't listened to the album definitely I, go listen to it. I definitely will. I really like that now. Uh- so, as you can see, we talked for a very long time. Um, I had to break it up into two parts because I know we just talked about so much important stuff in the beginning half. And the second half, was, we talked about Grammys and just more stuff music related. So, I'm going to definitely include that in another podcast before the year is over. I want to say thank you again to David Estevez for being my first guest ever on Damn It. And he's just so knowledgeable and wonderful. And I just can't stop talking 
good about him. So thank you to David Estevez again. To everyone listening, I just want to say have a good week. I will be back next Monday to give you updates in movies, music, television, pop culture, drama, all that good stuff like you are used to. (laughs) Um, Comic-Con is in New York this weekend, so I'm going to have some updates on new TV shows, new movies, all of that good stuff. And I just want to say thank you for supporting me again. Uh, You can find all my information in the podcast description, wherever you're looking on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. It's all down there in the description box below. Let me know if you have any questions, comments, concerns, and I will see you next week. Goodbye.